Welcome to Finding My Yum, a sex-positive podcast celebrating all forms of sexual expression. Each week, we bring on a new guest to share their journey. We talk honestly and openly about what they're into and what sex, kinks, love, and more look like in the real world. I'm Jerry Courtney Austin. And I'm Will Lentz. And we are your hosts. Today, we are joined by Eva Sweeney to talk all about her website, Cripping Up Sex, um, Sex with a Disability, um, her amazing workshops, and honestly, just to celebrate how incredible this inspiring human being is. Uh, I think both of us left this interview being like, holy crap, yeah. this person is changing the world. Yeah, I was. I, every person that I was talking to for the rest of the day was like, I got to tell you about yeah. this person that we talked to today. Yeah, she's amazing. She has cerebral palsy, she's nonverbal, and she's in a wheelchair. And um, as a person who is able-bodied and does have a voice, like even getting into this space and doing the tiny bit that I'm doing to have these conversations is a lot. And mm -hmm. so yeah. for somebody like her to also monumentally affect um, and give resources to people who haven't really had them before, anybody with a disability and anybody who has questions in general, but um, is, is just profoundly incredible. Yeah, it's, I, I don't even know it. I'm going to take a second and I'll <laughs> figure out what I wanted to say and then okay. I'll jump in. But yeah, it's one thing to like uh, be able to come into the form that someone else takes and, and, and add on to a conversation, but it's another one to entirely create a conversation. Totally. I think that's really what she's doing. Yeah. Because um, like, like you said, there weren't resources out there before and yeah. she's like, this is a thing I'm interested in and how can I make it happen? Right. And it's been, yeah, it's incredibly inspiring. Yeah. And uh, I think we talked about, too, you know, having a different physical experience on this earth mm -hmm. and then going into a physical space right. is also incredible. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, th this woman is amazing. I hope everybody checks her out. Um, I'm so unbelievably thrilled to share this interview and I can't wait for you to listen. Enjoy. I'm feeling yummy head to toe. Welcome to Finding My Yum. I am so excited. Today we have Eva Sweeney on um, from Cripping Up Sex. We've been trying to get this interview for so long and I'm so happy that it's happened today. This is very exciting. So welcome. Um, and we also have Alex here who is her aide helping us. So welcome you guys. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so let's just dive right in. I'd love um, for you guys to introduce yourself, um, Eva to introduce yourself and and just tell us a little bit about um, your amazing website and um, the workshops that you do for Cripping Up Sex. Hello, my name is Eva Sweeney. And I am a sex and disability educator. This is my aide, Alex. Hello. <laughs> I have pre-written my answers for Alex to read because I am nonverbal. For follow-up questions, I will spell from my letter board. My platform is Cripping Up Sex with Eva. I started this because as a teen with cerebral mm. palsy, I couldn't find any information or resources on sex and disability. Mm. So I decided to create the information myself and try to share it with the world. I wrote a book called Queers on Wheels, which acts as a hand guide on dating, sex, AIDS, and masturbation when you have a disability. Through Cripping Up Sex, I continue to do this work by giving workshops both online and in person. 
I also have a sex toy review blog where I review how accessible the design of different sex toys mm. are. And also I have an anonymous sex advice blog where I answer any and all questions mm. about sex, dating, disability, and more. All of which can be found mm. through my website, CrippingUpSexWithEva.com. Amazing. Um, so I did a little bit of research about cerebral palsy, but I imagine a lot of my listeners aren't very familiar. So I'd love to hear what Eva's experience has been, because I know it is unique per person. Um, and maybe just a little bit more information about um, the disease as well. Well, cerebral palsy is a different experience for everyone, and it's not a disease. It's a condition caused by brain damage at birth from a lack of oxygen that usually only affects someone's fine motor skills. The damage doesn't get worse over time. Because it is brain damage, everyone experiences it differently. Some people you can t um, some people you cannot tell that they have cerebral palsy and for some people it's more visible. For me, it affects all my muscles and that's why I'm nonverbal and use a wheelchair. I need help with just about everything, which is why I have assistants like Alex. But besides that, I am very much in control and aware of my life. Um, if there weren't any resources for your work, how did you learn about having sex with a disability? And I'm curious about, like, what, what were your impressions about sex and even sex education growing up? Lots of trial and error. <laughs> Luckily, I was in a fairly liberal mainstream school growing up, so my sex education was pretty typical to the average teen. However, it didn't talk about sex and disability in the slightest. If I was in special ed, it would have gotten way worse. I would have gotten a way worse sexual education. They only talk about how not to get abused, which is important, but anything besides that is ignored. Something that has come up a lot in terms of sex education in the podcast is that there's a lot of talk of like anatomical versus abstinence based. Um, and I'm just curious about not only like impressions about sex, but also, you know, what you learned and how you were able to apply that apply that to yourself. Um, like as somebody who is in a wheelchair and nonverbal, how did you even begin that exploration of trial and error? Because I know like as a person who is not in a wheelchair and is verbal, it was still difficult <laughs> and still like a, you know, a whole journey. Well, in my workshops, I've had people with disabilities say that this was the first time they ever got to hear or talk about sex and disability. These people were in their mid forties as well. And that really affected me because mm -hmm. I couldn't imagine being in your forties and not talking about or experiencing your sexuality and how it intersects with your disability. Cool. All right. So my sex education, while better than most, uh, it, it was better than most um, because I went to a progressive high school, but it didn't teach me anything about how mm. I could possibly have sex, mm. masturbate, mm. or date. And when I was 19, I did have this cool aide, and we actually met at San Francisco Pride, and he had just moved to L.A. Mm. So I offered him a job mm. working with mm. me. And one day he was like, Eva, do you masturbate? Now, I have no use of my hands, so I was like, how the fuck would I do that? <laughs> he told me about vibrating underwear and that he could put them on me and leave the room. I had a lot of trial and error to find something that worked for me, but it mostly came from working with him. That, that's incredible. Um, what has been your experience with figuring out uh, like gender expression and sexual identity? Because disabled people are not represented in the media much and are not portrayed as sexual, multidimensional beings, I didn't have any role models growing up. Add to that, mm. I'm queer, so it just mm. made it that much harder to figure out. 
But luckily, I did find most able-bodied um, queer role models and friends that helped me learn more about myself and what I like. But it was definitely hard as a teen just coming out. I thought that because I'm butch, I was supposed to date really femme women. But after high school, I realized mm. that, that that just wasn't what I wanted. I am very butch for butch, and now I identify as queer because I date people of many different genders, not just women. How do you offer support for people with disabilities that differ from your own? Has that experience of helping others given you more insight into your own ex sexuality and expression? It's all about being creative and having good communication. So when I'm working with people with disabilities um, that are different than my own, I just focus on that. Obviously, I can talk more specifically if I need to, and I also ask people with similar disabilities when I'm not sure or just want more information about their experience. Everybody is different and has their own journey with accessing sex, so not all the advice I give will work for everyone, including myself. I'd love to I have a question off of the script for just a second, if that's possible. Um, I'm, I'm curious because I think there's a lot of shame and stigma around sex in general and so especially in the disability space and paving this new uh, not even new but just an option for people like you and others who are struggling I'm curious how you deal with the fear aspect because I, I, I would wonder if that would come up um, or if that's a big part of the discussion with working with um, other clients or you know whoever's in your workshop. In my T E E and in my teens, I C A L L, I called many different disability organizations and was E I either hung up on, or T-O told, no. When I A S, when I asked if they had any I N information about sex, and disability you oh when I when I asked about it period and that that's s a and that's sad sadly t r u e true even today so mm when so yeah i just i have i have to d e a deal with that with my c l i e with my clients awesome um does that stay up on the screen? Can you read that one more time? Or does it like go away as it comes up? I'm just curious. 
it's a letter board that has. Oh, it's a letter board. Could you just describe a little bit about the process that you're using? Because I'm not even familiar with that technology or even how this is working. Yeah. So Eva's got a hat with a laser on it. And then behind the screen right here, we have a paper letter board that has um, pre-written words and then the entire alphabet and numbers and a few phrases. And so she points to it with her laser and I read it out loud. Oh, cool. Okay. I was like, I don't, I can't picture this at all. Oh, that's amazing. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for answering that question too. I appreciate it. Um, I, before we continue, I mean, I just, I think I can't express enough how, uh, incredible I think your work is uh, truly and like the difference that you're making um it's just like remarkable so I just feel really grateful that we're able to have this conversation and to have you on at all um yeah so uh let's continue um yeah, so I think we were going to move into a little bit of the dating space. Um, and I was looking at your website, and there's so much amazing um, information on on your website and resources for um, people of all different types. And so I'd love to just talk a little about dating when you need assistance eating and have a wheelchair. Um, those are aspects that I isn't a part of my experience so I would love to hear about your personal experience um, and and what that's been like dating for me just requires a little more creativity and communication for example on first dates I always bring an aide with me which could be a little weird but I explain to my date beforehand why I'm bringing an aide with me I would rather my date focus on getting to know me than having to focus on learning how to help me I do have a code for my aides to take a walk if I ever want some alone time with my date. <laughs> if you could expand just on even representation in the media and potential role models, um, and if you feel like there are strides forward in this area, and specifically what would you like to see in the media moving forward? One good example of representation was the TV show Speechless. It was about a family with a 16-year-old who had cerebral palsy. They had him date, be interested in girls, and just be a teenager in general. I did consultations for the show, so I can take some credit for it being so progressive because I definitely pushed the writers to make him date, etc. Also, the Netflix show special is, is good representation as well. It doesn't go too deep, but for most people, just seeing a gay man with CP who dates and fucks and lives his life is already a big deal and helps normalize us. In the future, I would like to see all gender, sexualities, and ethnicities represented for people with disabilities. Yes, me too. Um, you've touched so many different media outlets with your work, um, which is incredible and super inspiring. But I'm wondering, what are the most significant lessons and takeaways for you from working with other disabled people? And if it has enhanced your sexual experience and journey? It's all about being creative and having good communication. So when I'm working with people with disabilities that are different than my own, I just focus on that. And obviously I can talk more specifically if I need to. And I also ask people with similar disabilities when I'm not sure or just want more information about their experience. Everybody is different and has their own journey with accessing sex. So not all the advice I give will work for everyone, including myself. Um. With all the people I brought on this podcast, I've seen how many different shapes love and partnership can take. 
what are you looking for romantically and partnership wise? Well, I have an AMA, amazing PA partner of four years. Mm-hmm. To oh, we mm-hmm. M E mm-hmm. met on mm-hmm. Tinder. Awesome. Um, is that how you found your dates before? Um, you mentioned Tinder, and I'd love to about to hear about any other experiences using that apps in person or the like. I think that's number twelve, but I'm happy to. If you want to answer it on your own, Eva, that's great. Let's do that. I like on L I N E M Delete. Start over. O N L online. Dating. I like online dating because I A L always put my D I disability on my profile, which W E E weeds out. Mm people who are not cool with that because d i disability is not in the m mainstream p e people just nope people have questions, which is a W E, which is awesome, but put, but putting just, but putting it on my profile is a Time saver. <laughs> sure. I think putting all of our like things right up front on our profile is a super time saver for everybody, to be honest. Um, awesome. So I, I don't think we quite covered this. And I, I don't know if you have this question in front of you, but uh, we, we were talking before and I think Eva expressed that it's a non-monogamous or an open relationship. And so I was just curious what that looks like because I know that that can take a bunch of different, um, that can manifest in a bunch of different ways. I personally have one primary partner. Um, I am emotionally, usually, only invested in one partner, but I 
C A S casually D date from time to time. Uh, awesome. So what do you envision for the future of your endeavors and amazing workshops, books, and website? I would love to do more workshops, both online and in person, and build my sex advice blog, Crip Cues, and my sex toy review blog, Cripping Up Reviews, and in general, make Cripping Up Sex a full-time job. I really hope that for you as well. Um, what are some of the things that you would like the larger public to know? That people with disabilities can and do make a m a w make awesome partners also having questions about our disabilities mm -hmm. is okay mm -hmm. just ask them in a respectful way and no don't just say can you have sex <laughs> sure um if we can expand on that a little bit, I, uh, you know, I've, I've been doing a lot of talk on consent and even language. And so I am curious if you can share, like, what is some good language to use if people have questions so that it is respectful and it feels like it's asking you to join in the conversation rather than a judgment? Just a S, just ask mm. questions. Like, can you T A L? Can you talk? And can you talk more about? Can you talk more about that? Sure. Or would or what do you like in bed? Sure, which we can ask anybody, right? <laughs> Definitely. Just like the, just like that. The, oh, yeah, just like that. <laughs> Amazing. Um, well, I'd love to ask a couple of the questions that were on your website and sort of go over that because I think those were questions actually sent in by people. Um, is that okay? I, I put a couple of them on the sheet and I'm not sure if they were printed out. but So the first question was the, what do you say to people you date? whenever it's appropriate that you need to talk about how you have anatomy that looks different and functions differently than most um, AMAB people, which I actually don't know what that acronym stands for. And how do you deal with rejection for that? So I personally would let them know before you get intimate with them, maybe having a conversation, not right when you're about to get down, mm -hmm. but give them enough time to ask questions. Depending on when you usually get intimate in new relationships, you should talk to your new person uh, a day or two beforehand. You should definitely include the awesome stuff your body can do, as well as how it's different. If you're trans and if you use online dating, you could put it in your profile. 
That way people know from the get-go and you're on the same page from the start. As for rejection, it does suck, but my point of view is if people are not cool with all of who you are, then they're not worthy of being with you. Okay. Um, there was just one other question that struck out to me that was um, specifically talking about cerebral palsy and being uh, having fear about orgasming um, and it being painful. And so I'd love to read that answer, but I am also curious because it plays on the fear part that we were talking about earlier about how because there's no as far as I know and maybe this is something that you're working on but you know we ha we are taught a normal and I don't mean normal but like an a, a typical body and anatomical structure and so in school we're not even taught that there are other types of manifestations or that other like you know conditions and diseases can make things look differently and so I'm wondering you know specifically speaking to the fear of cerebral palsy and this person's question about orgasming, but even that fear of like, you know, navigating a body that like we just don't see all the time. Yeah, this is a common concern for people with cerebral palsy. For folks who don't know, spasticity causes muscles to be really tight and to spasm, and this can lead to pain. Mm -hmm. When people orgasm, most often their muscles get tight, and this mm -hmm. is true for anyone, not just people with CP. So for those with CP, we have to be creative. And here are some tips to actually help you enjoy your orgasm. Get into a comfortable position. This might mean bending your legs so they don't push against whatever is surrounding you or what you're lying on. Using pillows to brace the impact of your muscles tightening can be really helpful as well. Also, if you take antispastic medication, maybe mm. time for your, time your fun around when you take your medication mm. so your muscles are more relaxed. Also, and I know many people think that the goal of sex and masturbation is to orgasm, but it's not. Sex is a journey and it's all about pleasure. So just explore your body and try different things and most of all, have fun. Amazing. Um, where can people find you and reach out to you and look up all of your awesome workshops? C-R-I, Cripping Up Sex with Eva.com. And then is that your Instagram handle and on Facebook or Twitter? I, Instagram is C R I P Cripping Up Sex. That's it. Amazing. <laughs> um, well, this has been so amazing. I'm so grateful for your time. Thank you for making this work. And thanks for figuring it out on a weekend, too. I know that that was tricky, but um, you're delightful. I hope I get to meet you sometime in person. And thank you, Alex, for helping us out. Oh boy. Boy, oh boy. Boy, oh boy. Eva, you're a dream. Thank you, thank you, thank you for um, coming on. And uh, it was, you know, crazy to figure out scheduling. And I just feel grateful for your time. Yeah, a huge thank you. Yeah. Please look her up, uh, take her workshops, ask a question on her QA. Uh, she's amazing. 
and then I, I support her too, like through her social media. I think she has yeah. a Patreon as well. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And then as always, please um, subscribe to our podcast every week so you can listen and get the first update of when new episodes drop every Thursday. Yeah. Um, give us a five star. Uh, if anything less, don't do anything. <laughs> You just look at that four star button and you just, you just exit yeah, out of that away, window. Walk away. Go find uh, someone else to <laughs> don't have someone else to give a four star to. What if we had started like a rivalry with another <laughs> podcast? Like go to Mark Marin's podcast, give him a four star. <laughs> we're coming for you, Mark. Yeah, we're coming. Um Yes, and leave a review. It really helps us out. And then share with twenty six people this week. I like that. Yeah. yeah, we'll give you a new number every week. <laughs> Um, follow us on Instagram and Facebook for um, updates and fun pictures and information yeah. on guests at Finding My Yum Podcast. Email us at findingmyyum at gmail.com. Yes, we want to hear from you. Always looking for new guests, always looking for new topics. So, yeah. <laughs>